listeners, and welcome to the Transcend Health podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with Duncan and Ollie. Do you want to say something? Hello. <laughs> hey, guys. How you doing? Um, so, we put it to our members and asked them what topic um, we wanted to talk about today, and the most voted topic was all around training with pain, because um, mm. that's a pretty common thing that we're dealing with here. Um, lots of our members... Um, have either had injuries or, um, you know, are battling with injuries. So, yeah, I th- well, that's the main reason people come to see us in the first place, right? They're, they've got pain as a problem and they don't quite know how to solve it or they don't know what they f- should do or shouldn't do. So it's a, it's a big topic. Yeah, so um, obviously getting people in the gym is the main tool that we use. So we might just start off with that question is... When is it okay to to train with pain or train with injury? Yeah, good question. Um, do you want me to have a go at this, or do you want to go at you it first? Mic, I you do have the first, mic. I'll drop in later. All right, Ollie will throw a few pearls of wisdom as we go. So the question was, yeah, is it okay uh, to train with pain? And the the short answer to that is absolutely it is. Um, there is a few caveats to that, obviously, which we'll probably go into chatting about. I think the biggest thing we want to quickly define is what is pain, which is a whole topic in and of itself. But short answer for that one is it's not necessarily um, an injury and it's not necessarily damage to specific tissue structures. Um, This can be part of what brings on pain and is part of the pain experience, but it's not always the case. So... Uh, training with pain I think the first thing I think about is is this an well I shouldn't say actual injury but is there a trauma to receiving the injury so did I roll my ankle playing Oztag the other day and now it's swollen up like buggery so it's sprained probably squatting really heavy on that is is not a good option but let's say you just have this random kind of foot pain uh, that comes and goes you don't really know what caused it that's the kind of pain that's that's often okay to train with. Yeah, yeah, I would wholeheartedly agree. Although having sprained my ankle quite recently, I've been surprised with how much I can tolerate, um, you know, in, in the gym, despite feeling pain when I mm, maybe go upstairs, for example. I can still put a lot of weight through it. Mm. I can do still do my heavy squats, my heavy deadlifts, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and there's seemingly no, there's certainly no side effects after, um, but I can get my training done without any any pain at all during, which I was uh, somewhat surprised about, it, I guess. But you've got to kind of try these things until you get a conclusion. Yeah. So I guess that leads me to my next question: is what level of pain um, are you happy with people to train with, or would you train it with yourself? Mm. Um. Well, yeah, I guess the if we think about Ollie's recent example as well. So how long, Ollie, was it before, like you sprained your ankle, then how long was it till you started training squats heavily again? Yeah, uh, so squats I held off a little bit because it um, needs my ankle has to bend a bit more than deadlifts, for example. Mm. So deadlifts, I was straight back in, mm-hmm. no no time. And it's not a serious sprain. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, it did swell up a bit and it was quite sore when I did it. I couldn't really walk too well when I did it. But yeah. Um, I do feel like it recovered quite ki- quickly because I was good about it. Yeah. Um, but squats are reintroduced after one one week, if that. Yeah. 
Um, so it didn't take too long. And the only thing that was stopping we, me was a little bit of swelling. Yeah. That might have just been stopping a little bit of range. Yeah, sure. Okay. So it, initially, when it was very, very painful, you couldn't train. And then after about a week of no, kind I could of. train as well. Yeah, okay. It was just sort of a little bit irritating. I was like, oh, it's there. Yeah. You know, I know about it. Oh, it's a bit swollen. It's mm. fine. Mm-hmm. And usually with those kinds of things, you know, any kind of activity that you do might make it a little bit worse, a little bit swollen. Yeah. But it's bit transient and it doesn't really change the overall length of healing time too mm. much yeah um, obviously you can overdo that and if you yeah. go for a, you know a marathon run on a sprained ankle you're going to obviously yeah perhaps cause more trauma and then delay your healing time potentially but yeah there's definitely some things some exercise that you can do almost whatever the injury um without affecting healing time yeah so I think a couple of things there to take away. One is healing time's different to pain. Um, tissue healing time is dictated by the type of tissue it is and physiological processes around healing. Pain may or may not be present during that entire healing process. Yep. Um, but it doesn't mean that there's, there's damage. Damage, right? which is the thing we just talked about. Really, the, got to be clear. The thing I really want to jump in and highlight with your story, though, is. Um, and this probably answers the initial question, which we've waffled on a bit about, which is <laughs> what level uh, of pain is okay? Uh, and to, to be honest, it's the level you can tolerate, yep. basically. As long as there's not a fracture and things aren't unstable, yep. if you can tolerate it and you don't perceive it to be overly negative and it doesn't linger and cause other issues in your life, then that's something uh, that can, you can train with, basically. Um, and the reason that you probably got back to doing a bit more advanced training so quickly, even though it wasn't the most major sprain, part of the reason you got back so quickly is that you kept exploring it, kept testing it, and kept going back to, okay, what's happened after I've trained? Can I deal with that? Yes, and it actually then promotes the recovery of the the area. And a lot of that ties into my understanding of injuries and my confidence with that kind of stuff as well. I know, you know, a lot of people come to us and they're unsure about what they should and shouldn't be doing. Um, and we go on a journey with them and start to explore things, right? Yeah. And we find things that they can do and find things that they can't do. And then we find those limits. Um, and that's where you go to. And do you have any other guidelines that you generally use with people? Because I guess if you said to someone, whatever you can tolerate, um, you know, some people that really push themselves hard... Um, is there a risk of them doing more damage or is there the guidelines you you put around that for people mm. yeah I mean that's a, it's a that's the tricky part of it and I guess that's the art of being a good physio or being a good coach um, it's kind of recognizing within the individual what their tolerance level is and what their threshold level is so people always say things like I have a really high pain threshold we literally hear that every day um and and that may or may not be true and often um there's actually a study on this I can't remember the author off the top of my head but basically strength athletes have a really high uh, pain tolerance so they can put up with a lot of pain but it happens over a very short period of time whereas endurance athletes have a higher pain threshold so that means the stimulus to cause the pain has to be stronger to hit the threshold point that then causes pain um, 
and and this is why it goes back to what we were saying before is pain is absolutely a subjective experience and and can be you know perceived as far worse by one person than another um, because their threshold levels and pain levels are different so first you get to know the people and kind of where they're at um, based on their experience and your own experience and then you can kind of start to dance with them a little bit and like i said if they've got you know fresh stitches and they've just had their knee replaced we're waiting for certain things to heal before we load them up and we know that we don't want to split that those stitches open and we know we don't want to do something to the prosthesis or um, the acl graft so we put those times um, as kind of checkpoints and then anything that fits within we can kind of take the person to the edge of of what their threshold levels are and tolerance levels are without doing anything crazy yeah, yeah. so i guess a lot of the examples we're using have been talking about an acute injury like rolling your ankle or mm. with stitches or um you know an acl repair mm. what about a more chronic issue like someone that's been maybe experiencing back pain for the last few years or something like that um, they might be very fearful of doing exercise and experiencing pain every time they do it. How do you lead people through that process? Well, I think it fits the same thing, right? It's to your tolerance. Um, and we've got a sort of a pathway that we follow uh, that starts with gentle, gentle stuff, gentle kind of movement, which explores that and takes you down a pathway. And then if you, you kind of graduate from that in a sense that it's, it's no longer giving you as much benefit as something else could then we move on to that. But it's always limited by, you know, what the person can actually tolerate or, or, mm. or deal with. Um, yeah. yeah. So with the, that's a, exactly right. We have a, a framework which we've kind of developed, um, you know, alongside our experience and um, the literature and our studies and all of that, um, where we, we talk about having a pain modulating effect, a facilitation effect, and then a performance effect. And that's the framework you were referring to, yeah, Ollie. Yeah. And it fits in with the traffic light system, which we've talked about on a previous podcast. Um, but I just want to touch on the chronic versus acute thing for a second, because that, that is a different kettle of fish. Um, and what we need to realise often with chronic pain, um, the tissues have healed in whatever position, um, with whatever scar tissue or whatever that they're going to heal in uh, and unless a surgeon goes in there and removes a piece of the disc that may be impacting on the nerve root or um, the they cut away some scar tissue or something that's that's the way that it is for now um, and sometimes there's nothing a surgeon can do uh, either um, and just like we get older and just like when we get scars on our skin uh, the the tissue can still function uh, we just need to, like Ollie said, explore these things with the people and start where they're at um, and teach them, you know, this is a pain response that's not necessarily related to an injury occurring right now, um, but because you had a major injury there and you've had this experience, it's very sensitive. So it's, it's going off like an old car alarm when the fly buzz is passed um, rather than a well-calibrated car alarm that only goes off when someone's breaking in. Yeah, and that ties quite closely into what we mentioned before where pain is not necessarily associated with damage. Yeah. 
right? Because the definition of chronic is a long time, right? Um, and when you have an injury, well, you, when you have pain for a long time, um, it's typically not associated with damage um, because there's been enough time for things to heal. Now, there are, of course, some exceptions, but they're quite rare um, to that. Whereas if you're constantly creating trauma to a particular area over time, then obviously that trauma is going to prolong, um, but it's pretty rare. So usually, you know, after a few months, we're starting to enter this sort of longer-term pain, um, and that's an important distinction to make. Do you think we answered that question or yeah. pretty well? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, I don't know, do you guys have any other kind of questions or any thoughts around this topic? Not specifically, maybe just nice, because we, we touched on a lot of different things. We'll just quickly summarise, I guess. Yeah, I mean, personal experiences are always nice to touch on. Like, I gave you one with my uh, ankle recently, but mm. I've also trained with back pain as well. I know I talk about it pretty much every podcast episode lately. <laughs> about the back pain, uh, which is well managed. But, you know, you know, go through sort of incidents of an injury or a pain, like mm. you were talking about before, right, where it's not as if you've directly done something like you haven't fallen over recently or you haven't you know, broken a bone or something, but you still feel a little bit of a niggle in your shoulder or something mm. like that. And, and again, like just to reinforce some of these key ideas, because I think it's important, is you start to explore some movements, you start to move it around. Mm. And some things, um, as you comprehend the movement without even doing it, you might think, oh, that's, that's going to be sore, that's not going to be good. But you don't really know until you start trying it. And you may find that when you start trying it, it may be a little bit sore, but it gets better. Mm. Um, and that's something that is, is really important to explore. I think it's something that actually warms up and gets better and can be really beneficial for you. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, to wrap that whole thing up in a nutshell, is it okay to train with pain? Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, be curious about it. Yeah, so, yeah. And that doesn't matter if it's acute or chronic, you yeah, can exactly. still start to get things moving and be curious about it, apply things like the traffic light rule, which we've talked about in the past, and um, and begin that journey away from, from the pain experience back towards the performance experience. Yep. Everyone's pain experience is different and you've got to find out what yours is like and yeah. where the limits lie. Yeah. yeah, and I guess if you're you know, dealing with like a chronic pain, let's say a chronic back pain or something like that, and you know, you're dealing with pain constantly, you've got to do something to, to change that situation. So if you're constantly turning to rest or trying to protect the area, your function's just going to keep going down and down. So there's some point where you're just going to need to try and do more and um, increase your function. And that's probably going to you know, cause a little bit of pain and discomfort for a short period of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, quite often it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and people are surprised about that until mm. we start to introduce them to some great things. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's a good little wrap-up. Cool. Sounds good. Nice. Thanks for the chat, boys. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> See you in the next one. As always, hit us up on uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, the website. The website. Yeah. Just, um, Let us know. Throw some more suggestions at us, what you'd like to hear in future podcasts, just in the gym or on Facebook. Mm-hmm.